welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to Podcast 159. This is going to be a podcast dedicated mainly to releases, um, but also some other things. Uh, last night was the official launch of the Too Smooth release. So uh, I want to do my best to try to walk through a podcast talking about some of the things relating to the new Too Smooth, which is a hinge release. Uh, first and foremost, I have to say thank you. Um, I know I know the way our inventory is right now. It's not it's less than desirable, but it's just not possible for us to get more product. Um, there's probably seven times more on order than what we have and we are actually faced with either waiting another week or two to launch these releases or, we had to just take what we had and get them out there. Um, it was a big order, and they were gone in about, I guess, right at about 58 minutes, they were gone. And actually, um, some of you out there are trumping me because uh, I held back three two smooths for myself, and somehow the influx of people ordering was so high that people were literally clicking the pay button at the same time and there was like i think three releases total that actually oversold we don't even know how the system allows that to happen but it did um so somehow our inventory actually showed a negative on on our website but um the good thing is you guys are going to get your releases still, you three. The only problem is you stole them from me, suckers. So I'm going to have to still keep shooting my Al Riginals. Um So in the picture that I posted about this live feed, which I'm podcasting live right now, um, I had four releases in there. Each of the releases are actually all different generations. Um, so... And these generations were about three generations in. Um, I'm holding up one right now that there's a whole bunch of tape around the finger. And really, so that everyone knows, um, this hinge release, it's actually based on several different um, releases that Carter's made that I've liked. Um, One being the Total Control another being the two moons and then another thing that's uh that's relevant is one of the very very first um you know there's i'm kind of holding up right now like one of the old brass um you know total controls um what i liked about the total control was mainly the micro adjustability of each individual moon and the ability to adjust the length of your clicker and also the head angle which is critical um, to really any type of uh, hinge release because 
the head angle pretty much controls how fast that release starts to go and what hand what hand position you can kind of get your release hand in uh, prior to starting that rotation. Some people like, you know, we talk about rocker position on release aids. So when we first um, have talked about handheld releases in the past, you know, we've talked about when you hold them and you're holding them down that center row of your knuckles. And then when you're pretty much inverted to be on your anchor position on your face, we talk about rocker position. So with a fixed head like what's on a two smooth or a knock to it or a silverback where the hook is actually locked into a fixed position the angle that you turn your hand your rocker position meaning tightening your pinky ring finger index finger uh or middle finger I'm sorry Tightening those more and relaxing your index finger will pretty much rock the release back one direction. Whereas if you're very tight on your index finger and kind of relax your middle finger, ring finger more, you can rock it to where the release looks more vertical or slant forward on the face. Um, A lot of people do that. They tighten their index finger a lot and they rock that release forward and it sits the um, either the safety or the thumb trigger further back into your thumb socket. And I've talked about why I personally don't like to do that on um, a trigger activated release, uh, mainly because once you tuck that back further into the thumb socket, It's really hard to pull and build pressure there. And what a lot of people do is they start to get in the habit of just aiming and tucking that back there. And because their thumb and their index finger kind of overlapped one another in that position, you know, there's more of a fist on the release. Um, So, you know, there's a couple things. One, your thumb can't actually build pressure as good because it's it's being interfered with with the index finger which is why I like the hand to be flat so that the trigger can be more forward on the thumb so that as you pull that trigger moves okay when you tuck it back in there I've seen too many people get in the habit of just aiming 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 and then they end up just squeezing that hand to make the release fire and you really don't want to do that now with a hinge release the way the hinge release works is you really have to actually have the release rocked forward uh, as you draw back or you're going to make it fire because it's essentially um, a pivoting head that uh, that's almost like a like a door hinge, it's pivoting, and there's a small hook that's riding on two moons. So as you pivot the release, when the hook falls off the moon, then the jaw flips open. So if you pivot your hand back, or in other words, if you put more tension on your pinky, ring finger, or or middle finger, that release is going to fire on the draw and you don't want to do that. That's why a lot of people um, have some hesitation with the hinge style release. And this is 
a completely different category of release style. No different than when people have shot wrist straps and very common questions. I've got wrist straps. I want to make a switch to a handheld release. Is it hard? It's not hard. It's just a transition. And what's most important about each one of these releases is understanding how each release functions and what you're trying to achieve by using that release. Now, when I first um, overcame target panic myself, I used a hinge release. Um, it's It was a hinge re release that was made years ago called Revenger. Um, and I'll actually pull out, this is, this is right here is actually the one that Randy Ulmer gave me. Um, so his release, is, it's a hinge release, super simplistic. Um, the downside was you really couldn't adjust the angle of the head. Um, you would have to actually, if you wanted to adjust the angle, you would have to actually alter um, the head itself so that it would lay further back on the release handle. So there's a couple things. One, we've learned over the years, the closer that you can get the hook to the center point of the release, the better off you are. Now on the original um, hinge style heads, the way that they worked, they would the head would lay back to where the hook itself would almost be directly over the center line of your index finger and what that would cause is you would feel a lot more movement on the on the actual release itself as you moved it a lot of times you would actually feel the release rope moving around the hook until it fired now with the newer styles we're actually um, with the two smooth my focus was to make sure that the hook itself pivoted or remained directly over the center line of the separation part of the release. And this is important for a couple reasons. One, because if you look at a knock to it, if you look at a silverback, that is the position of where the hook lies. So when I uh, worked with this release, I was really adamant about trying to get those to be in the same place. Now, another thing that the Too Smooth allows is it'll allow you to, uh, which this release here I'm holding up, it allows you to adjust the actual head position from your starting point. And there's actually um, small little index marks on the head itself and there's kind of a little point made on the release casing to give you little reference points of where you want to adjust your head as a starting point. You can move it from the center position um, closer towards the index finger if you want and when you do that it makes it feel slower but for some people that pull back and like to lay their hand back at full draw that's kind of something that they have to do. So it gives you the option. Me personally, I actually lay mine down um, as flat as possible. 
and mine is fairly hot just because I've shot them so long. Um, but what that allows is it allows me to um, have my head position the same as it would be with a knock to it or with a silverback. Now, if you don't lay the head all the way down, then it could feel just a fuzz longer than those other releases, but uh, that's your option to put it there. So what's cool here is if you align the holes, you know, you can see that between your two releases, there is literally about a 16th inch difference um, in the actual length. So this is going to allow you to um, keep your peep sight very close. It's going to allow you to shoot the two hand in hand. And that's one thing that a lot of people liked um, back in the day about having um, a regular, well, they wanted a hinge style release to have in their pockets so they could essentially practice some surprise shots. And then they would immediately go back to their trigger release that was in their quiver. Um, and they kind of transitioned back and forth. There's pros and cons to that. Um, if you're an archer that struggles with target panic, um, then you're really not doing yourself justice by having a um, having a release that you know you can make good shots with, but you put it in your quiver uh, once you get to the tournament because you want to have control of a release that you push the button on. Um, so I'm going to be adamant about telling you, you really need to focus on which one of these allows you to make good shots and really, really commit to sticking with that release until you're making those good shots. Um, some of the downsides to many of the original hinge style releases, again, were the length of the head from where they sat from your fingers. So, you know, you would grab your hinge release and want to practice with that and you would feel like you were you know a quarter to a half inch longer in draw so you'd end up just trying to feel like you were just kind of floating back in no man's land and just doing your best to shoot a hinge release um, but again with the new one you're going to have the ability to have a feel that's that's much different and a lot of that came with um diameter of the index finger hole and position of the index finger hole uh, to where with the final one we were actually able to bring that hole position um, to a more favorable spot so that you're able to shoot um, with that hinge being in a good position for your draw length and peep uh, to feel like you're still right right in there and uh, the other thing too was because um, and one of the things that was the holdup was um, because we changed the shape of the handle, if you'll notice, if you have a, um, if you get it too smooth, you'll actually notice that the hole is not perfectly round that your index finger goes through. It's actually oblonged, um, which is something I ended up favoring uh, just because depending on where how you like to sit your hand having that oblong 
hole actually allows you to sit your finger differently uh, within that just depending on how you like it but um, I'm gonna be doing a video today going very very in-depth with the hinge style release specifically um, and I'll be starting out with showing you how to adjust the release out of the package um, and then I'll actually go in-depth with how to first start using an index finger or I'm sorry a hinge style release for the very first time and really talking about you know position of your index finger tension of your index finger and then exactly what you need to do to go through the motions so that you're able to allow this release to fire um, so that'll be a video coming out the very first people that got these first batches of two smooths you will not have a little piece of paper in your uh, package that says please go to this link to watch a video on how to use this so it, i can tell you it's gonna be on the knock on archery youtube channel um, as soon as i get this done we should be able to edit it tomorrow um, the entire first batch of releases will be shipping tomorrow um, which is Monday the 26th so uh, by the time you get it you should be able to go to the YouTube channel and watch a video on how to um, so it'll it'll be good the other thing I would recommend you do as well is go to um, the knock on archer YouTube channel and look for the video that I did um, just this year of um, John Dudley practicing. I'm trying to think what the name of it is. I'll, I'll have to look here quick. Um, but you can certainly go and watch the practice round um, that I posted. Um, and I posted that practice round specifically because I wanted you guys to be able to watch um, how I hold and uh, manipulate the release. And I believe it's uh, the video John Dudley Indoor Archery Training Live, December 17th. That's the actual, yeah, this is it. That is the name of the round um, or the video. And you can just watch that. I'm kind of just in my groove. Um, shooting a hinge style release so it'd be really important for you just to look at the fact of when I'm drawing back all the pressure is on thumb and index finger as I draw coming to my anchor once I'm into my peep and pins on the target you can see that I'm I slowly start to preload a little bit of pressure onto my middle finger and then I'll continually relax the index finger while maintaining pressure of my middle finger and it lets this release rock and pivot um, so that that hinge actually swings and opens up and fires um, so i'll have a video talking very in depth about the hinge release um, i know this is something i've needed to do for a while but i really wanted to make sure that i had uh, the right product in there. We were waiting on uh, the right releases um, to come in. So, um, you know, we've 
got both of those now, so I'm going to be able to do this the way um, that I need to. Um, so I want to get into a few questions as well uh, that I had kind of picked up here from social media that um, from the last few days as part of this podcast. Uh, this first question is from, let's see, I'm not sure if it's Dana Spring, Sp- Spengen or if it's Dan Asperengen. <laughs> I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm sorry if I hacked it. Um, but he's pretty much asking, um, is it recommended to use a thumb release as a beginning archer or stick with a wrist strap trigger release? I like the feel of the thumb release, um, but some had said to master the trigger release first. So I really don't feel like most people are able to shoot a wrist strap index finger release and learn proper shot sequence or proper pin float or the ability to maintain the pin on the target while they go through their pulling sequence. Um, I've just found that most people get a wrist strap release, they draw back, kind of get comfortable, they more or less just kind of get the pin on that little area and just kind of do their best to once it's kind of on that area just to hit the trigger. Um, and those habits escalate very fast and you're going to just get to the point where you're going to start to, um, kind of maybe hit the trigger too soon, or you're going to be letting pressure off the string as you hit the trigger. Sometimes you're going to get in the habit where you just freeze underneath the target and you're just froze there. And then you just have to lift and hit the trigger at the same time. And those aren't habits that you want. I mean, truthfully, um, I really feel like if someone's learning archery for the very, very, very first time, a silverback is an amazing way to go. Um, Anytime you give someone a trigger, unless you have the proper person to talk with you about the importance of, you know, okay, draw back, bring your thumb to the trigger, don't worry about it firing as long as it's just sitting there. Get everything lined up. Get your pin on the target. And as your pin is floating on that target, continue to just keep your thumb in the same position and pull, 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 pull until you get that release to fire. If you have someone that's able to look at that and look at your hand position and teach you that, then that's a big, big step. Um But honestly, most of my students um, that I teach archery for the very, very first time, they start out with a string because I really want them to just first get the understanding of the functionality of the release, the functionality of where you should um, anchor. You know, I like people to understand the fact of just you know, knowing if they pull back and put pressure on without having tension on the safety, it could fire. So just watching someone hold that safety down, making sure the hand is flat and they're tucked in that exact spot they need to for their anchor, you know, just really focusing on that portion and not seeing them maybe bring the middle finger under the jaw sometimes. And then sometimes they're above the jaw, like literally just learning the positioning first then allowing teaching them to just you know preload a little bit of tension 
on that string and then let off the safety and then continually pull until that release fires. And that was with the silverback. Um, so I don't personally like a wrist strap release um, for the majority of people. And I know that's where the majority of people learn. I know that the first, the easiest thing for an archery shop to do is put a wrist strap on your hand you're not going to lose it and you literally just clip it onto the loop pull back and at that point it's just a transition of almost being like a rifle shooter where you know that you put your index finger on the trigger and you pull the trigger and the bow lets go um, the point is you don't just want to let the string go when you want it to you have to learn the principles of the string letting go when it when you've literally got to the point where it needs to. So um, there's a difference between letting it go when you want it to and it letting go when it needs to. And that's really that balance of what you're trying to learn by shooting um, certain styles of handheld releases. The hinge is certainly one of those. Um, before the Silverbacks and tension activated releases came along, the hinge was certainly one of the most critical tools to learning how to overcome target panic. Now, um, I know people aren't going to want to hear this, and I'm not saying it because I'm trying to sell um, more releases, so to speak, but I'm just going to tell you, and this is, I've talked about it for a long time, and you can go back and see pictures of me shooting a long time ago and know that it's true, but... Uh, I don't have one here, but kind of the reason why release pouches ever came to be, this is the truth, release pouches, everybody has one now. Do you want to know where they came from? They came from Randy Ulmer. Randy Ulmer, um, his first release pouch was actually a rock climbing salt bag um, that he had on his quiver and the reason he had that little pouch is because that was just something that was around his house that allowed him to put multiple releases in this pouch. Okay, so that's how they all, that's how release pouches came to be, is because Randy, he actually had, um, we'd have to ask him, but I, I would say I think he probably had as many as seven to nine different releases in his pouch. Um, the one that I still have from him um, is actually it's actually uh, one of the ones from his little mystery bag. And um, the point was each one of his releases had the position of the moon slightly different. So Randy would reach into this pouch and he would kind of jingle it around you would hear releases moving all around in there and he would pull one release out and he would draw back and he would start his exact motion sometimes the release would fire right away you know sometimes he'd pull back and he'd start to put some pressure on there and it would fire right away then the next time this one's even hot the next time uh, he would grab a release, dig in there, pull back, uh, 
and you could actually see the movement in the release moving moving as it fired and then another time he would pull back and you could see an amazing amount of movement in the release and he would just get to the point where he had moved it so much he realized this is the one that doesn't fire he would return it back to the you know to the forward position so he could let the bow down and he would reach drop it back in there spin them all around so he was keeping himself honest by having multiple releases set to slightly different um, settings um, so this actually is a philosophy that goes back to a release um, that was called the exit the exit was an electronic release that was a big square release um, and you drew back and you actually pushed a little button with your finger, your pinky. You would depress this little uh, square button and the release was set so that it would fire at different random intervals. So it could fire at three seconds, it could fire at six seconds, four, nine, and it would be completely random. So it just taught you to draw back, get your pin on the target, sit it on the target as best you can and when you push that button down you just had to aim on the target for as long as possible until that trap door opened up based on an electronic timer um, so he literally took multiple hinge style releases and set them to different uh, travels so that he could reach in pull one out and go through the same process and sometimes he might be forced to aim for three seconds sometimes he might be forced to aim for seven seconds um, but either way he wasn't able to anticipate a release even though you know like right now i can tell you if you um, which there's goods and bads now that i feel like i've mastered um, a release without having anticipation and without having any type of fear or target panic. I really like having one release that's consistent all the time because it allows me to actually get more in my groove. However, if I'm someone that I know is struggling with target panic and I need to not have something that feels the exact same thing, uh, thing every time to fire, this is another important part of learning. This is almost something that is more relative to your mind knowing how much travel or how much pressure exactly it takes to make that fire. Because you'll get to the point where you're going to start putting some tension on there or you get to that little click and then your brain's like, okay, I know if I move a sixteenth of an inch, this thing's firing so you just sometimes people just start to end up freezing and not going through those motions so what i really like about this too smooth is you're going to have the ability to adjust one of the moons to get the head angle to where you want it to then you can adjust the other moon which the further they separate from each other you'll have a point where you actually the um, hook will travel and then when it falls off that first moon it's going to make a little click a little tick that's what we call a clicker it'll make the tick then it has the hook has to travel on that next moon to the point where it 
falls off that next moon. So essentially you have two moons. If they're parallel together and you move them together all the time, there's no click. If you separate the moons, there's going to be a click when it passes the first moon, and then there's going to be travel all the way until it falls off that next ledge. So you can either set the release to where it literally clicks and you have half a mil to fire or you can set it to where you can almost move a half inch on the actual end of the release itself before it fires so you're going to have a lot of options and that's why i feel like this video is necessary because it really depends where you're at to determine how you really want this set if you're going to use a hinge release to completely try to overcome target panic like I did, then you may want to have multiple releases set with slightly different speeds and just get to the point where you're 100% aiming in the center of that target and comfortable with the fact that you're moving, 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 and you're thinking, oh my God, that should have fired. And you keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, then it fires. So you happen to have the one that's set the longest. Then all of a sudden, the next one, you might pull back, you get the pin, and you start your motion, and boom, that shot goes off really nice. It's a surprise. It might spook you the first time, um, but either way, it's a surprise. And then the next time, you know, and by having that release pouch, which I did, I used to carry five releases. I never had one that did not fire. Um, I never felt the need for it. Um, but I did have five releases. Um, so I would reach around in there and then pull them out and then go ahead and go through the motion. Um, there's a couple things you can do. The one that you have that's set the hottest, you could always kind of somewhere mark that release to where you know when you pull it out you're not going to notice it right away but you could almost hide that a little number or a little tick somewhere to where you know which one is your fastest just in case you happen to be in a shoot off or just in case you happen to be shooting in some high winds you might need to say okay which release is is set the fastest and you can look okay it's this one and that way you can actually know that you're able to make a shot happen on the fast side of things if you need be but you still have to make a good shot um, so to go back to that original question I really feel like the wrist strap is not the way for anyone to really start um, I've personally love starting people with a silverback i think it's much easier um, in the past hinge releases were hard to teach people because a lot of people even on some of the original release aids um, which is a big reason why i liked the knock to it so much and the knock to it was something that was um that was very it took me a long time to get jerry to make the wise choice um, took a long time to get that to happen and really the very first wise choice I kept telling Jerry we have to make an auto closing just cuz just cuz was the top seller at the time and I noticed a lot of beginners on some of the original releases they didn't really understand the concept on a handheld release which had a jaw that did not auto close a lot of beginners didn't know how to like flip the release down so that the jaw was open 
then cock it, then know how to use their index finger to close that jaw, then it was ready. Um, you know, a lot of them just didn't understand that motion. They would kind of be fumbling around trying to open the jaw and then they would close it without cocking it first. So I just said, listen, we need a release, put it on the loop, push the button and it's closed and locked on. And that's what the knock to it does. Now on the original hinge releases, the hook itself pivoted and the head itself pivoted. So a lot of people would get this and they would not know how, they would try to load it on the string and the hooks isn't even hooked on the moon so they wouldn't understand how to do it. And they didn't know that you ha actually had to flip the hook down to a certain position, lay the head back so that it was on the moon, then you could clip it on. Now with the Too Smooth, it actually has a magnetic loading uh, hook. So as that hook fires, it'll actually magnetically go back to the down position so that when the head lays down, it is totally ready to hook on without firing. So you don't have to worry about flipping the hook, laying the head down. Um, as it fires, you know, once you bring that back, you should be able to click that hook right into the position with the magnet, um, and it's going to be good to go. So it will be a little easier now to teach someone how to use a hinge release and how to, you know, draw with it. But the one thing that I'll say is what gets a little bit um, sketchy with someone that's brand new is a lot of brand new archers still don't really know the draw cycle. So they don't know um, a very fluid motion of standing up, you know, raising the bow, drawing back. A lot of them are kind of doing a bunch of motions at one time. So when they're doing all these motions, it's real easy to rock that hand and make a hinge release fire. So with them, that's why I really like just a silverback and just say, listen, you just hold that safety down anytime you're coming back or anytime you're going forward, you have to just hold that safety down. It's very, very foolproof, um, which in a way the wrist strap release is foolproof too, because, you know, once you close that trigger, just don't have your index finger on the trigger and you can grab a hold of that that wrist strap and you can use it to kind of tug back almost like you're pulling a rope. Um, it's good for that, but it's not necessarily good for teaching someone uh, for the very first time. So I would say for most beginners, um, kids included, uh, the silverback is what I train most people. And if I have a high level archer that's struggling, they always, I always send them back to that. Um, so that's, uh, the question. And, and I guess to answer, there's going to be a lot of questions, people, um, asking about, you know, when are silverbacks back in stock? When are knock to it's back in stock? When are two smooths going to be back in stock? There's nothing that we don't have a ridiculous and scary financial amount of orders in for. Um, but they can only produce so many per week. And so literally what we're trying to do is, um, 
Well, the entire Knock On Nation is a, is almost like a whole new customer and a whole new market on its own. So Carter's trying to keep up with supplying their business that they've always done. And then now here we come in as this massive community uh, that's trying to, uh, you know, have our own products as well. So um, all I can tell you is there's... Um, a lot of Noctuits, there's Silverbacks, um, there's two Smooths, there's as many as we can order are in the system, and all of them are going to be continually coming. I know that they um, they cut all, our entire big order of two Smooths, um, which got machined, and now the remainder is um, being anodized, they have to be lasered in this, and put together, and that's when the next batches will be coming. Um, then as soon as those were off the machines, they went right to Noctuits, another big Noctuit order. Um, the Noctuits have already been machined. They're actually at the anodizers now. Um, so there won't be as much of a delay with, with Noctuits. You know, we had, we had them, um, I think about two to three weeks ago, and I'm hoping that we can have more in, um, in two to three weeks or so. Um, silverbacks are now all being machined um so they're being machined and will soon kind of be in the pipeline too so it's just right now the rotation is pretty much um you know we had to commit to buying an entire machine so the machine is pretty much just uh running knock to its silverbacks two smooths knock to its silverbacks two smooths um so that's how it's working um Next question here is from Matt Jones. Um, he's asking, what would cause my peep falling my falling out of my peep um, to the right when I'm using my silverback? Um, falling out of your peep low and falling out of your peep to the right are common things for two different reasons. Um, and what he's referring to is when you draw back and you're at your anchor position, your peep sight should be making a perfect eclipse around your target site. Um, so what he's saying is as he's, you know, if he's got this perfect eclipse and he's all centered in, as he's pulling, the peep is going to the right of the site and then the shot breaks. A lot of people, they start to fall out the bottom and it breaks. Um, so falling out low or falling out right, or falling out low right, which is common, is because of a couple things. One, first let's talk about your head position, okay? So if some people are really bringing their head down to meet their string or down to look through their peep sight, um, what you're going to find is when you Anytime you move yourself into an unnatural position, your body wants to naturally bring it back to that position. So we talk about falling out of a peep sight, okay? So let's just let's think about if your if your peep sight is all of a sudden going lower and lower and lower on your scope and then it fires. Let's talk about what's going to cause that. So if you're having to bring your head down to meet that peep, then as you your body starts to relax and you want to return your posture to the natural position even if the peep is staying in the same exact spot your head position 
returning back to a neutral spot is actually making it appear that you're falling down. Same is true with going out to the right. Because you're learning a pulling motion for the very first time, you're gonna find that what a lot of people do is the longer they're thinking that they're pulling back with their release hand, a lot of times their head, instead of being turned towards the target, what they'll find is their head will actually slowly start to move back to where the, the chin is directly over the center of the chest. Because when, we, when we're standing and we're facing our target ready to shoot, um, and I'm gonna stand up for this. So we're, uh, we're facing our target to shoot and we raise our bow hand, our head is, our chin is more or less directly over our, kind of between our armpit and our, and our pack. So our chin is kind of right, kind of in the pocket part of our armpit, so to speak. So the longer we aim, a lot of people, as they're pulling, their head will actually turn with their release or pull with their release. So instead of them being perfectly broadside with their head facing the target, as they pull, I can actually see their chin returning more and more and more to the center of their chest. So they're actually, instead of pulling the release through like this, they're actually trying to build pressure by almost using their neck and pulling with. So if you're in this position and you start to do this, Essentially, if you have a peep sight and your head is turning, then your peep sight comes out. And a lot of people are really in the habit of pulling their release out away from their face more than pulling the release hand over the top of the shoulder. Now, a video that you could go find that uh, is a really, really important video is... Um, on the world, sorry, the World Archery Instagram channel. Uh, so, if you go to the World Archery, I'm gonna have to pull this up here. Um, so, if you go to World Archery, you can actually go back to a post. Uh, there's two people in the USA uh, jersey shooting, and um, it was a post made, well, three days ago. So it was a post made on like the, the 22nd, I guess. So in this post, um, it'll say World Archery and it'll say all of Jesse Broadwater's 15 perfect 10s um, at the Yankton Indoor World Championship. So one thing that's important to watch with this is once you watch him shoot a few times, you can actually see um, Jesse as he pulls through. He's very, very adamant about actually bringing his release hand over the top of the shoulder and through that shot. Okay, Jesse's shooting a hinge. So as he's pulling through, it's easy for that release to break and want to just stop at that breaking point. But what he really was doing an awesome job of is just coming through and actually bringing 
that release hand over the top of the shoulder so that his string could go perfectly down through the center and he was getting great clearance um, with that release hand. So this is gonna be a very, very important thing for you to do and it's also very, very important for you to be able to work on um, to be able to work on uh, getting that that peep to sit perfectly still. Head position solid. Don't let your head position creep back to the middle. If you're crouching down to start with, your head's naturally going to want to straighten up. Uh, so you know, don't don't get in the habit of doing that. And uh, yeah, I think you'll. I think you'll find a lot more uh, consistency by working on those few things. Uh, let's see here. Next question um, is from Eric Holmquist. Uh, he was saying, uh, so stoked to actually was able to get in on one of these hinges. I like hinges in general and with the hook length um, the same as with the knock to it. I'm pretty sure this is going to be a match made in heaven for me. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about that. Um, at the beginning of the podcast, I did talk about, you know, the you having the ability to move your head position. So depending on where you move your head position to start with is really going to determine how much these two releases feel the same. Um, you can see that. Um, like this one release I'm holding up right now, the head position is actually set about to the middle, whereas the one that I'm shooting, um, you can see that the head position is actually laid down more. So if you're really wanting to transition back and forth between the two, uh, make sure you understand that the head position that you lay it in um, is gonna really determine that. The other thing I'll say too, um, and this is, this is something that I've learned over the years a lot, is with the hinge release, just how I'm actually manipulating the release and then focusing on being able to come over the top, I've just really, really found. Um, and also, just the direction of the hook, the way it opens, it actually opens a little bit different than the knock to it. Um, my lefts and rights with this too smooth have been off the charts. Um, I'm I'm actually strongly considering um, hunting with the too smooth for a little bit, um, just because. So um, I'm trying to think. I've got uh, I do have a really really cool hunt coming up next month. Uh, we'll sure we'll talk about later, but um, I'm probably going to be going over and doing that hunt with the two smooths that should be pretty cool um let's see here uh two other questions blacksmith was saying need some videos on the two smooth um he's going to lay down his wrist strap release to try one of these so again that video will be coming just make sure you check the knock on archery youtube channel and it'll be on there i'm probably going to need two videos one being um setup and adjustment of the two smooth release the next one will be um, how to shoot a uh, hinge release uh, using the two smooth is probably going to be the second um, video i'm going to try to do them both today um, next question here is from decord 319 saying um, hey dud which is the best route for someone 
that's currently using a silverback, the knock to it or the two smooth. It's a really tough call. Um, honestly, I would say if if I'm going to have someone pick um, one or the other, if you're shooting a silverback and you're understanding you know, shot process, getting it to break, unanticipated shots, then having a, a thumb release is actually really nice for you to learn as long as you really follow that video on how to make that transition and you're doing it the correct way. Um, because to go from a tension activated release on a silverback to a hinge release, um, it's a slightly different learning curve. Um, you're certainly going to be able to go from a silverback to a knock to it, other than the fact you know you can't hold the trigger down on the knock to it as you draw back. You don't want to hit the trigger at all. Uh, versus a silverback, you have to hold it down. Um, I think if you're, as long as you have one type of release that's teaching a surprise shot and training, maybe transferring over to a thumb release. Once you feel like you're able to do that without anticipation, uh, then I think that's going to be the way to go. Um, just going to scroll through here. First few questions that I hit. Okay, so uh, first question is. When are the Elevate rests coming back, uh, the 2.0s? I was told that the mold and the new flippers were being made uh, last week. So with that said, hopefully this week right now we'll be able to get those in and and start rocking and rolling. They'll certainly be here before turkey season without a doubt. Um, I know there's a ton of you on that that waiting list. Uh, The new rests are just awesome. I made one more small tweak on the material on the cage um, and really how it goes into that mold. Um, And then we also finalized packaging too. So it'll actually now come in a small box, which I think will be uh, a little bit more convenient for everybody as well. Um, so I'll have that and I'll also have an updated video on the install and the setup uh, for the new 2.0s, but they will be coming shortly. I know it's frustrating. Believe me, it's, I don't like not having things either. Um, there's so much stuff in the pipeline right now. Um, so I don't know. I appreciate the heck out of everybody out there though. I know that, um, should be a pretty cool, um, pretty cool week next week. I know that I'll be out with Joe doing some shooting. Um, and, I'm looking forward to that. I need a little break. I haven't been able to shoot in quite a while because last week down in Oklahoma, um, I had a really fun event, but I was really there taking several friends who had never hog hunted. Um, I really wanted to go down there and just take um, Andy and Torsten um, and Tyler and also my buddy Denny um, down there. The next podcast, I think, should be our podcast from there. I had some trouble uh, getting the right audio files to balance. So that should be happening. Um, and yeah, should be a good, good time. Anyway, everybody it's Sunday. I don't want to keep you too long. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this podcast, get this posted, um, and make sure all of you out there who got the two smooths, I want to congratulate you. Make sure you check out that video next week. And don't worry, there's more that will be coming. What's most important, you have to do this. Go to the website, click on those products that aren't there, and click that little box that says notify me. 
because you're going to be the first person to get an email the second we load inventory on the website it shoots you an email and at that point it's first come first serve and you're going to want to make sure you grab that so appreciate you everyone and uh, i've got some videos to do but uh knock on my friends be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock on lifestyle clothing knockonarchery.com